What's up, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Nerdpool Podcast. I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me, it's Jamie. I'm here, allow me to be your chauffeur as we take this trip down Nerd Lane, discussing everything from comics, movies, video games, and television, all the stuff that makes up this great culture that we love. Today's episode, in the very first episode, we are going to be discussing the first half year in review of 2016 for comic book movies that have come out. Um, this is going to be a spoiler-heavy episode. We are going to be—I'm trying not going to try not to ruin everything, but there are going to be things I talk about. So if you haven't seen this movie, stop, click out now, and go watch them. Come back and enjoy it with me, or if you just don't care about spoilers, then continue listening. First out of the gate, we're going to be talking about Deadpool. February 12th, finally, he hits the screen in an accurate form that is given to him. He is portrayed properly, finally, after that horrible excuse in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Um, we have Ryan Reynolds returning as Deadpool and doing his best role to date. This is the role that he was born to play. He is incredible as Deadpool. The suit looks awesome. The way they portrayed him looked awesome. They stayed as close as they can to the comics without changing too much as Fox tends to do. Um, along with the rest of the cast, you have the villain Ajax and Angel Dust. You have Negasonic Teenage Warhead is in this. Colossus is in this. Weasel is in this. And of course his girlfriend Vanessa, played by the lovely Marina Baccarin who is an incredible job with this. Her and Ryan Reynolds play so well together as being two messed up individuals that come together in their love for each other, their messed up childhoods, messed up lives, bring them together into a love story that is actually very heartwarming for this hard-rated R movie. Um, from beginning to end, I love this movie. From the opening credits, which troll the audience, and it's probably the most honest opening credits you'll ever see, to the surprise after credit scene where he becomes Ferris Bueller. He does word for word verbatim what Ferris Bueller says at the end of Ferris Bueller's Day Off um, in the robe with the mask and everything. And then at the end pops in and tells you that Cable will be debuting in Deadpool 2. Um, this movie is funny. Uh, I laughed the entire time. Um, let me get this off my chest. Anybody that knows me knows that I am a huge Deadpool fan. He is my favorite comic book character and I have waited so long for him to be a part of my movie watching experience and be portrayed accurately that I love this movie. I've seen it countless times and I just love everything about it. I can't really pick anything apart about it because my fandom won't allow me to. Um, there are certain things. They change They change his origin story up a little bit. They change the character of Weasel a little bit. They change a few things but it's just nitpicking. The movie overall is very enjoyable. I guarantee you will have fun. Um, if you don't, there's something wrong with you. There's something for everybody. Whether you love the romantic comedy aspect of it, whether you just love the comedic comedy aspect of it, the action scenes are very well shot. Director Tim Miller, who does video games for a living, this is his first big screen debut, does an incredible job of putting everything together. It's not choppy, it's not cut bad, it, it works on so many different levels, um, and it honestly did great. This is probably one of the best comic book movies that has come out this year if you want to say what's what's close to the comic. Um, it It's not going to win an Oscar. The visuals are great, but it's not Citizen Kane. It's not the Shawshank Redemption. It's not that. It's not supposed to be that. It actually is what you want. It's a comic book come to life. This is the closest portrayal of that that you're going to see. Colossus does an incredible job. Him opposite Deadpool works so well with the way they portrayed it with Deadpool being a the 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 
hired assassin, the smartass that he is, breaking the fourth wall, um, the violence where he just wants to kill to get his point across, and Colossus being the, the Boy Scout, which we see in the comic books, and that they finally got right over at Fox. Him being the Boy Scout, he doesn't want to fight, he doesn't want Deadpool to kill, all he wants to do is everybody to get along and enjoy themselves and just be heroes, let's not argue. That's what he does, and it's just a great portrayal of it. Um, and his little sidekick, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, is incredible, played by uh, Brandon Hildebrand, who plays the snarky teen opposite of Deadpool. Uh, she doesn't care about what's going on. She's on her phone, worrying about Twitter. You know, that, that's pretty much what's going on. She's, the, she's a normal snarky teenager, and she works so well opposite the brass Deadpool and the straight-laced Boy Scout Colossus. Um, the villains are a little generic as Ajax and Angel does. They're they're just not they're they're not real great villains. But Deadpool doesn't have villains that are just great great. Uh, most of his villains he but most of the ones that he comes across are already established Marvel villains or going after the villains themselves in the comic books. So I'm okay with that. You can take these movies and do so much with them just with that. But overall, it's a very enjoyable experience. I enjoyed it. I know you will. I highly recommend this. I will give it. I give it five comic books. I give it whatever you want to say. Please go see this movie um, and support it. Simply because they, to me, Mark Fox finally got something right with the properties they own. Um, it seems like they've had a tough time, and this one just worked overall. There's so much I want to say, but I. I just can't get it all out here simply because I love the movie so much. I'm going to have to do probably an entire episode of the De for the Deadpool. Um, and it, it, it's just because I love it so much that I can't really do it in this quick little time that I'm going to give myself to do all these movies. So go see this movie. Just sit back and enjoy it. The romantic comedy aspect of it, the comedic aspect of it, the action aspect of it. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. And I guarantee you will come out of this movie entertained. You will get your money's worth. So that's my review of that. Let's move on. Now we move on to what's probably the most hyped superhero movie I've ever seen. This is it. The two titans of DC are going to battle it out on the big screen for the first time. We're talking Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. The movie turned, worked out okay. There are parts in it that are really enjoyable. Ben Affleck playing Batman did an incredible job. Henry Cavill as Superman is Superman. Superman and Lois Lane... Uh, played by Amy Adams, they're, they're, they have a great chemistry together, but they're just not difficult characters to play, in my opinion. There's not a range of emotion that you have to go through for it. Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is too over the top of this, too eccentric. Uh, Lex Luthor should be the smart, confident, I'm better than you and I know it, larger-than-life character. He's not, in this, he's portrayed as a very eccentric, very kind of whiny Billionaire, it just doesn't work for me. Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman stole this movie. Um, it made me really excited to see the Wonder Woman movie coming out. Her her portrayal as it in the fight scenes is just incredible. Apart when she gets hit, slammed back against Doomsday against a rock, and the smirk she gives, saying, "I'm finally ready for this," just made me geek out. I loved it. You have uh, cameos by the Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg, and uh, a all in video footage that Lex Luthor has on a hard drive that Batman sees. The Flash is, um, two, has two cameos, one in the convenience store where he's in there looking at milk when a robbery goes on. He takes the robber out. You see it on footage. You see a flash and then a lightning bolt, and then he's back at the milk portraying that. Um, he also, this first scene that you see, the first time we're introduced to him is in a flashback kind of maybe dream sequence with Batman 
when he tells him that Lois Lane is the key, Lois Lane is the key, he's talking about, they're doing the Injustice storyline. The Injustice storyline, for those of you who don't know, is a video game, which became a comic book, and it's a very enjoyable storyline to where Superman gets uh, tricked into killing Lois Lane by the Joker. He ends up killing the Joker, snapping, and basically taking over the planet. And you have the Justice League fighting to bring him back and be the man that we all know him to be and all the hero he knows to be. And they're going to do that, but the Flash just doesn't work in this. Ezra Miller, I'm pretty sure, is a good guy, but it's just his cameos. The suit didn't look right from what you see in it, and he's just to me, he's not the Flash that we know what we should have. Um, but we're going to have to wait and see for the movie. Jason Momoa is Aquaman. You see him in a short little cameo underwater where he stabs a camera with his triton. Aquaman's the king of Atlantis. You would be thinking that it's in this great underwater scene, but instead he's in an abandoned shipwreck, which is kind of in a trailer park-looking underwater place. I don't know why they did that when they could have done so much better. Um, Cyborg, you see, it's just uh, Ray, the guy Ray, being turned into Cyborg by his dad by getting integrated with space technology which later creates cyborg you only see him for a split seconds it's not a lot going on but they just they, they try to throw so much into this movie at one time and it just doesn't work for me they chop it up too much it's too much going on the movie's enjoyable in some points there are points of it where you'll go well i actually had a good time with that i enjoyed that but overall, the movie is just really convoluted. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to process. Um, there's parts of the movie that just drag on for way too long. They take forever to get into it. And then the fight scene with Batman and Superman, the uh, come to Martha moment, I like to call it, to where Batman's going to get rid of Superman. He's going to destroy Superman with a kryptonite spear. And Superman says, save Martha. Batman automatically stops. Why did you say that name? He says it over and over again. Why did you say that name? And Lois Lane comes and tells him that that's his mother's name and so all of a sudden Batman is now Superman's best friend because both of their mothers were named Martha and they both go off to fight Lex Luthor who then unreleases Doomsday this big giant Ninja Turtle Shrek looking CG monster that is way too big I mean he's like 15 feet tall he's way too tall and there's so much going on with that they all three fight him uh, Doomsday ends up killing Superman and they end up trying to throw the death of Superman into this storyline too. There's so much to process. They try to create an entire uh, cinematic universe in one movie instead of taking the time to let us get to know the characters and love the characters. They just throw it all in there and say we're going to make this work and it just doesn't work. It didn't live up to the hype it was. It would have been, it's a decent movie but for the hype it was given and everything it just, it's not what we wanted what we should have. Zack Snyder's monotoned uh, DC Cinematic Universe just doesn't work in my opinion and I really hope they don't try to go this direction with the rest of the movies that are going to be in this franchise because it's it's too dark, it's too serious, there's not enough lightheartedness. The way, reason it doesn't work for me is if you're going to have all this seriousness, that's fine, but you've got to have a little bit of comedy here and there to break up the monotony that is this dark, monotone world that they are trying to create. Um, Overall, the movie is okay. Uh, if you you can see it, you'll enjoy certain parts of it, but it's not the movie it should be. It's not the greatest movie that they have made. It's not the best Batman movie. It's not the best Superman movie. It's just kind of there. Um, certain parts are enjoyable, like I've said, but it's just it falls flat on so many aspects to where this movie is just not what I wanted and what I wanted to see. And hopefully they learn from this and build onto a better universe and know that we can slow it down, bring it back, give our characters a little bit of depth, 
and we can learn to care about these characters before they just cram it all down our throats and expect us all to take it in in a two and a half hour movie. So, um, I ask to ask you to see this movie because I want everybody to see these movies in general because it, it, it's great for us that we actually get to live in a time where we get to see Batman and Superman fight and I don't want that to go away so support these movies as best you can but this movie just falls flat on the levels that I needed to and for that I'll give it two and a half out of five and that's all I can really say about it next up we have what Batman v Superman should have been and it is Captain America 3 Civil War when you have Captain America fighting Iron Man you have the Winter Soldier you have Black Panther Black Widow Hawkeye Vision Scarlet Witch Ant-Man the debut of Spider-Man you have so many characters that are in this and they all work together so well uh, all the scenes flow together very well they give e everybody uh, time on screen it doesn't seem like they're just throwing them in there to throw them in there the action scenes are really fun uh, Paul Rudd playing Ant-Man was just great to see him come back when he finally becomes giant man and he's fighting off trying to help Captain America and the Winter Soldier get to a plane to go stop Baron Zemo which is the villain in this movie and Zemo is a very well villain in this movie he's one of my favorites he's a normal guy he's not a uh, super villain by any way stretch of the imagination his family was killed in Sokovia and he goes about trying to take down the Avengers the only way he knows how because he's not a, he doesn't have giant robots he doesn't have superpowers so he goes in he's gonna splinter the Avengers and he pulls off his plan that's something that I think is very amazing it's the fact that this is one of the few villains that even though he gets caught his plan works he fractures the Avengers down the middle but it's worked Baron Zemo is one of the best villains that Marvel has come out with besides Loki he works on so many levels. The movie is just enjoyable. Spider-Man is in this movie for about 15 minutes, but the 15 minutes he's in, he steals the, the entire movie. He does an incredible job of the portrayal of, from Tom Holland of Spider-Man is what Spider-Man should be. He's a teenager. He looks like a teenager. He acts like a teenager. He talks like a teenager. He's overwhelmed by everything. He's just excited about what's going on and excited to see uh, Captain America. He's excited for Iron Man. He's excited for all of this. And he just does a very well job. They portrayed him very well. They gave him a good good enough time. And it makes me excited to see the movie. The interaction with Tony Stark he has is just great. The interaction he has with Captain America at one point is great. The star There's a Star Wars reference he has when he's taking down Ant-Man that made me laugh because he's basically saying he doesn't know what the Empire Strikes Back is. He doesn't remember it. doesn't really know how big of a movie it is. And all the older people are like, are he, is he serious? And it's just, it's laughing. This movie takes seriousness and comedy. He mixes it together. Like I said, it's what Batman v Superman should have been. I'm going to give this four and a half out of five simply because of that. Uh, Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, is incredible in this movie. They, they debuted him, and he is a complete badass in this movie. I really enjoyed the portrayal of him, and I think it works. It works so well together, and I just hope that the movie is half as good as this. This is my favorite Marvel Cinematic movie that they have done. It just works on so many levels. I am so excited for it. Um, go out of your way to see this movie. Support this movie. Marvel is doing great work over there. And this is just another example of what happens when they get characters, what they can do with them, and make us fall in love with them, make us care about every character, make us want to see some succeed more than others. Enjoy this movie. You're going to laugh. You're going to enjoy the action scenes. It's not too over the top, but it is over the top, and I love it. Go see this movie.
Next up, we have X-Men Apocalypse, the third movie in the first-class trilogy of X-Men. This movie is underwhelming to me. It's kind of what Batman v Superman, but just not as much of a letdown. Um, the uh, villain Apocalypse, the end-all, be-all of villains, is he's okay. The The suit could be better, but for once you're trying to do a practical effect, you're not trying to do CG, it's about as best as they can do. But to me, uh, Apocalypse is always over the top. He's larger than life. And they just didn't do that. He looks a little mediocre in this. His four horsemen of the apocalypse, Storm, which is now Egyptian for some reason, instead of being African and then having no accent in the other movies, now she's Egyptian, which I, I didn't understand. But anyway, you have uh, the debuting Psylocke, who is a badass in this and who actually looks the part of Psylocke. You have Archangel, which we've seen before, but now Archangel is younger than he was in the other ones, which would make him older. Um, they give him metal wings, and I never thought Archangel was a very good character. I don't understand why he would be in uh, his four horsemen. I know he actually is in the comics, but it just, I've never, it always kind of baffled me because Archangel is just not that impressive of a character, in my opinion. Then you have Magneto, who tries to be a good guy in this from uh, X Men Days of Future Past. He moves, uh, gets a family, works a job, does use his powers. He's just being a nice family man. And he uses his powers to save a man's life in the factory he works at. They People see it, they call the law. They come to get him, and they end up killing his wife and daughter accidentally, and it makes him snap. Apocalypse recruits him, and Magneto becomes the badass that Magneto is. Uh, it works. The, the movie's all right. It's not as bad. There's a lot of characters, a lot to take in. Um, some of the characters, they, they debut, like Jubilee, they debut. I was never a huge fan of Jubilee, but in the cartoon, she's very nostalgic for me to see. She's not in the movie for like, but like five minutes. She doesn't take up a lot of time. She never once uses her powers. You have Nightcrawler, which we've seen before, but in this one, he's younger, and he's trying to be, it looks like a copy of what Nightcrawler was in the X-Men 2 movies, or the, and it just it didn't work for me. Um, I'd like to have seen a different portrayal of it. But that you have young Jean Grey and young uh, Cyclops meeting for the first time. They haven't actually fallen in love yet, but it's it just works for me. Then they, they you you get a cameo by Wolverine later on in the movie, which is kind of creepy when you think about Wolverine's older and him and Jean Grey fall for each other, which is probably down the line. But he gets in a Weapon X. They see him pop out, and he's got headgear on, but they're not covering his face which I wanted to see the actual face cover. If you ever know what the Weapon X uh, face mask is that he pops out with when he gets his adamantium claws, it looks so cool in the comics. It looks good in the TV and the cartoons. And for some reason, they decided they're going to change it up because they didn't want to cover his face is what I'm guessing. And it was just, it wasn't what I was expecting, but it was a cool little moment to see. Um, back to it. You see Dark Phoenix at the end of this. She ends up killing Apocalypse, which to me doesn't make sense. Apocalypse trades his consciousness into different uh, mutants throughout the years so he gains their powers every time he does it he's supposed to be all-knowing unstoppable and yet he gets destroyed by dark phoenix in fairly quick form uh and it, it i know how powerful dark for how powerful phoenix is but it just doesn't work for me it just didn't come off the way it should and when he's killing xavier and xavier's saying unleash the phoenix you can't control phoenix and it, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me um, the Quicksilver scene, again, still is the movie, um, when he's running through the mansion, saving all the kids, listening to Boy George, slow motion, it just works, it is incredible the way he pulls it off, I love the portrayal of Quicksilver, he blows Marvels out of the water, he doesn't look the part, but 
I'm forgiving that because I just enjoy anytime Quicksilver's on. Just him doing that for two hours, I'd pay to see it. Take, shut up and take my money. Let's have fun at this. Um, the part where he, he tells Mystique that he is Magneto's son and they're going to stop him when Magneto's with trying to destroy the world with Apocalypse and Quicksilver runs uh, Mag uh, Mystique up to Magneto and she gives him the My Mother's Martha 2 speech is what I like to call it because she just says basically you have us, you have family, we love you and all of a sudden Magneto looks at her and it's just kind of underwhelming that he goes he just realized you're right and it just it doesn't work for me it seemed like it was too much to see it was just too quick there wasn't a big story there and again mystique trying they're trying to make mystique a good guy in this movie it just doesn't work for me um i know that jennifer lawrence is supposed to be america's next sweetheart and she's a beautiful woman and all this blah 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 but trying to make Mystique a good guy. If you want her in your movie, you want her to be a hero, don't make her Mystique. Mystique's always been a villain. Mystique's never been a, a hero, and she's never led the X-Men the way that they portray her to be in this. They're changing things completely, and this is my biggest problem I've always had with Fox and their X-Men movies is them straying too far from the comic books, straying too much from the storylines. You have a rich history to go off of. You have so many story arts you can take, and yet you want to take them, you want to convolute them, mix them all together, throw them in a blender, blend them all up, see what comes out, and still change stuff. It just doesn't work for me. The movie is okay at best. I'm gonna, I'd give it a three, maybe three and a half. Um, it's it's okay. It's something to watch, but it's just it's it's not what I wanted. It's underwhelming. There's a lot going on, and the effect that they're trying to go with here doesn't make sense to me. And I have to take points away simply because of the storyline, the convoluted timeline that they have. It's just ridiculous, and they need to get a little continuity in their movies if they're going to move from here on forward. If you want to go with the first class on, I'm fine with that. But stop trying to reference what happened in the first three if you're trying to reboot this because the story the the timeline gets so convoluted with this one was here this one was here this one was this age this one was this age this happened this didn't happen now it did happen but it didn't happen i, I just i don't like it um i wish you get some continuity if you want to move on from this move on from this in this direction and don't change anymore to the don't go back to the original trilogy timeline if you're trying to reboot this um, but all in all, it's it's an okay, enjoyable flick. You you can watch it. You'll be entertained, especially if you like the X Men movies. It's, it's a normal, average X Men movie. It's not the best X Men movie at all, but it's not the worst either. Um, so watch it. You'll you'll enjoy certain parts of it, but it's just it was underwhelming to me. And now we're moving on to the very last uh, movie that's come out so far in the first half of this year, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows. I will say this, um, I went into this with a little reserve because of the last Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Michael Bay just destroyed. He made it to where I was just embarrassed to be a Ninja Turtle fan. The only thing he got right in the last one was the spirit of the turtles. In this one, he redeems himself on the quality of, it's the nostalgia factor, the turtles work, they're, they're what they should be, Donatello's smart, Leonardo is the leader of it. Raphael is the muscle, the badass that wants to just he wants to go get the job done and doesn't want to think all the time. He just wants to go and use violence. And Michelangelo is Michelangelo, the teenager. He enjoys life. He's just having fun. He's just saying whatever's on his mind. The, teen, the, the turtles work. You have a Shredder in this with an actual actor. The last time we saw Shredder, he was a seven foot tall, ball headed Asian guy in the shadows that you never see. 
And in this, he's an average-sized, goateed Asian guy. He works, but he actually does pretty good as a Shredder. Shredder's not actually in this movie very long. He doesn't even have a big fight scene at the end when you would think he would be a part of it. He's not. He's frozen in the Teenage Mutant Turtle, the Carbonite, I guess, and uh, put in Krang's museum or whatever, which... I, yeah, but I understand he's going to be back. He's the big bad of the Teenage Mutant Turtle universe, and he will be there. Krang, I love seeing Krang. Brad Garrett's voice in him, which was a little different from a uh, television show. I Krang always had this high-pitched, whiny kind of voice that had this lisp. Brad Garrett doesn't use that. He's a deeper voice, but seeing Krang made me smile. Seeing Bebop and Rocksteady made me smile. Bebop and Rocksteady's over the top. They're a little bit more over the top than they were in the cartoon. But it's a warthog and a rhino. What can you expect? They're over the top. They're funny. They're they're goofy, bumbling henchmen of Shredder. They get the job done, but they screw up things along the way. Their interactions with the turtles made me laugh. This movie is really enjoyable on a just a nostalgia aspect of it. Um, when you go into it, if you're a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon show, you'll, you'll enjoy this movie. It's very nostalgia-based, and maybe that's why I like it so much. It's not the best turtle movie, but it's getting better than what we have. They're going in the right direction, and I uh, and I really like that. Um, I just wish they would tone back the explosions a little bit. For some reason, Michael Bay thinks you got to have an explosion, 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 explosion. And it's, you don't have to do that for a Ninja Turtle movie. Um to have fun. You just you just need to have the turtles being the turtles, interacting with their villains. You have Tyler Perry in this playing Baxter Crane, which it's... I don't, I'm not a fan of Tyler Perry. I'm not a fan of him. He does good well in this movie for the character he plays, and it, it works to a certain extent, but to me, I just... I, I really wish they could have cast something a little different. April O'Neil in this, she doesn't have her red hair, and that's always been a pet peeve of mine in the last two movies, was April didn't have red hair. It's a small, nitpicky thing. But Megan Fox does her does her job in this. She works well with it. Her interactions with her with her turtles and Casey Jones, played by Stephen Amell, work well. And this Stephen Amell was a police officer who gets suspended because they let Shredder go. And I never understood that they changed Casey Jones' story. He's shaved head again. It's the nitpicky little things. I can't take, pick apart too much, but it's just they could have made it a little bit more of what it was made him a little bit I don't remember him being a cop maybe I'm wrong but I do not remember him being an officer it's just a nitpicky little thing but uh he's wearing the hockey mask he's got his stick he takes on the foot clan single-handedly and beats beats them um he's chasing bebop and rocksteady and he's chasing them the entire movie because they got away and his interaction with them at the end with their little thing is over the top michael bay style but again very enjoyable movie very fun to watch. Uh, if you if you're nostalgia based, if you like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, go see this movie. You will enjoy this movie a lot more than the other. And we can forget the first one even happened. Let's just get that out of the way. The backstory and all that. Nah, we're not even going to count that movie. We're going to count this one. It's an enjoyable movie. Um, I will give this probably a. I'll give this a three and a half. I'll, I'll definitely give this a three and a half out of five. Uh, you will enjoy it. You'll have fun. This is very kid friendly. You can go. The kids can watch it. If you, if you're my age or and you enjoy the cartoon, you can enjoy it with them. It's just a fun little movie to have. Um, it's a fun movie to watch, a fun movie to experience. It's just something that I would suggest you just see. If you're a fan of the Turtles, this is just something to see. So if we're going to rate the five movies that have come out so far, one to five, uh, number five would have to be X-Men Apocalypse. Again, I'm just not an X-Men fan. That This movie was just underwhelming to me. I didn't enjoy it as much as, I, as, much as you... 
I thought it would. Um, so that's going to be five. Four is going to be Batman versus Superman because of it. it was just overhyped. They didn't play it right. It didn't come off the way they wanted it to. The the hype did not live up to what it was supposed to be, and for that, it's probably number four on the list. Number three is going to be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and that actually shocked me because before I seen any of these movies, I thought Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was going to be the worst movie of this year, and it actually turned out to be enjoyable. Um, I will say, like I said, go see it. If you're a fan of the Turtles, you'll enjoy it. For that, it's going to be number three. Number two on my list, i got to pull myself in, and i got to say, it's going to be Deadpool. Um, I want to put Deadpool number one, I really do, but overall, in general, tone of the movie, the way it flows, and everything, and because it's an R rating, I had to pull it back simply to number two, even though to me it's the best comic book movie ever. I'm going on the broad spectrum of what a comic book movie is, and I'm going to have to put it in and say that it's number two so far this year, which would lead me to the number one best comic movie of the first half of 2016, which was Captain America Civil War. The movie was great beginning to end. I really enjoyed this movie. All Again, all the characters worked together, the tone of it, the laughter, the action, it just worked. And for that, I will say this is the best movie so far this year, but... We have another half of 2016 to go. We have more movies coming out. We have Suicide Squad coming out. We have uh, Doctor Strange coming out. It's just going to be an enjoyable time coming up. We love this time. I love this being in this time when we get to see so many comic book properties come to life, come to the big screen, and we will enjoy it. So go out, support your comic book movies. Let the people know that this is what we love. Realize that this is what we want to see. This is the great. It's time to be alive if you are a comic book fan with all the comic book movies that are coming out over the next five, six years. I want to thank everybody for listening to the very first episode of the Nerd Pool podcast with me. Thank you for spending a little bit of your time with me. I hope I didn't ramble too much or annoy you a little too much. We're still tweaking things here or there. The shows are going to get better. We're going to have uh, guests come in from time to time. And we're going to just make everything better. This is the first one. I wanted to get it out of the way. I wanted to just put it out there to let people know what's on my mind, to know what I'm getting into, just to see what the kind of reaction is. So if you like it, let me know. If you have any criticisms, let me know. Just keep it nice, okay? But, you know, I'm, I'm willing to listen to anything. Anything I can do to make it better, make it streamlined, make it more enjoyable for you, just let me know. You can uh, follow me on Twitter, at BlueJay6233. Um, I will be posting up any updates when it comes to the podcast, any new episodes of the podcast, any special guest or news that we will be having about the podcast coming up. Um, I'm going to set up a page for the podcast eventually, but as of right now, you can follow me on there to get catch up with all the latest news that I will be giving out. Thank you again for everything you've done. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy your time, your week, and just remember, enjoy this nerd culture because it's for everybody. <laughs>